Welcome back to the League Scenes. Look at round 15, the NRL season. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, contributor of the League Gun Little website, front row program, and with stats performed. Joining us as usual, 2SM Cadet Journo, Reese Sullivan. Reese, how are we? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, another quick round of the NRL action. Thankfully for us, there's only one more of those to go. Yeah, I like the short do. I like the short weekends, to be honest with you, mate, because it gives us I a don't. second just to breathe. No, it's not enough footy. For me, that works in stats, <laughs> I love a short week of footy. I still worked about 20 hours this week, but that's not the point. <laughs> not the point at all. So we're going to go through the five games. We're also going to go through the lower grade report and super coach. And we're also going to go through your questions. A couple of you were ingenious enough to um, ask us some questions. So we're going to go ahead and answer them. But without further ado, my friend, let's get straight into some footy. And we kicked off in golden point with a 27-23 victory for the North Queensland Cowboys over the Penrith Panthers. Mate, this was such a good game of footy. And, like, we knew that, obviously, the Panthers are undercooked, and so are the Cowboys. So, this game really could have gone either way. But what we got was an excellent game of footy. We did. Do you want to talk? Let's talk through it. Uh, the Panthers dominated possession in the first five minutes of play. They got a penalty because they were the... Uh, wheel of di- they won the wheel of discipline with the roughing the pass the kicker rules, let's say. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so they were able to get upfield. They forced pressure on a kick, and Isaac Tungo was there to pounce for the first of his two tries. Yeah, just uh, you know, we see it so often with Penrith just being able to take advantage of the cards they're dealt with, and being clinical, getting points on the board whenever they get the chance. Yeah. Look, uh, the Cowboys are able to get back in the game. They forced some pressure down the other end of the field. And it was one of the men that you liked to bag, Tom Dearden, that was steering through some traffic. Hey, look, I like to give Dearden his flowers when he does deserve them. You know? Um, But yeah, he did very well to get the line break and set up drink water for the first try of the night for the Cowboys. And then from there, I think the Cowboys really decided to snowball a little bit and build momentum in the game. Yeah, they managed to get two tries. Did and able to cross for a try of his own in the 19th minute of play. But from there, from about the 24th minute to half time. It was all Penrith, wasn't it? Yeah, it started off with an error by Kyle Felt, which then turned into a pretty solid solo try by Targo for his second. And then an error by Valame led to a try by the weak gutted dog himself, Jamie Salmon. And then Tom Jenkins managing to get one off the back of a dangerous tackle penalty from Elon Lukey. So, just like with the first try, three mistakes by the Cowboys, three tries for the Penny Panthers. And all of a sudden, they're going into half-time, 20 points to 12 in the league. Yeah. It was like that for a time. But again, 
I was really impressed with the way the resilience of this Cowboys side are. And one guy I was really impressed with was the bench forward, Finney Fuiaki. I thought he was great on an edge, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He, like, I know a couple of Cowboys fans have a lot of raps on this kid. Um, but yeah, he was phenomenal. Ran for, you know, only, only the 48 metres, but 15 of those were post-contact. He had three tackle bites. He had a line break. He looks very solid and a few more reps in first grade. And I think he could be definitely a player to watch for the future, just as, you know, Helam Lukey and Jeremiah Nene are for them right now. Yeah. And another guy I was really impressed with was um, off the bench, Griffin Neen. 65 minutes, got through a mountain of work. He was really solid. Uh, but the big talking point for the cows, staying on the bench, one Jason Tamalolo, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. <laughs> Boy, haven't the Cowboys missed him. I said, how many times have I said, you know, the Cowboys with Tamalolo were in a completely different song? And yeah. he came in 56 minutes, which again is a bit lower than what. I would want him to be playing, but obviously came back from injury, you can excuse that. 203 run meters, 76 post contract, four tackle busts, a line break, no offloads, which is a little bit poor for him, but 26 tackles versus seven miss. Welcome back to first grade, big fella. Yeah, um, some ill discipline from the Panthers. They We had the penalty that led to the Fidei try with Scott Sorensen taking out Chad Townsend's legs in the air. Then we also had uh, Tyrone Peachy do Tyrone Peachy things. Not the first time we'll do that today. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of them. And um, Kyle Fell was able to capitalise for a 22-all scoreline. But then we have Dylan Edwards commit. He's a good player. I'm not going to bag Dylan here, but... We've given him his flowers for the last few years. So I think we can afford a little bit of criticism every now and then. Yeah, to be fair, he does. But to be fair, he ran for 333 metres, which is not bad. Like, it's freaking amazing. 80 post-contact metres, four tackle breaks. But he had two errors, kicked the ball out on the full. And they were really costly errors, I thought, too, in the context of the game. Plus, he had the missed field goal, which gave the Cowboys... The seven tackle set. Yeah, exactly. So he gave away the penalty kick in the ball in the fall. Luckily, they were able to ease off the pressure because Drinkwater gave away a dangerous tackle penalty. Um, and then he knocked the ball on, uh, 69th minute. Cowboys were able to get a set restart off the back of that. Tom didn't have a line break, which they managed to defuse. You know, you had Tanzan put up a bomb, which they defused as well. And then off the back of or a bit further on, obviously Townsend hits his field goal. Panthers go down the field. Coggy hits his field goal. You go into Golden Point. Panthers get first use of the ball, and Edwards drops it. Yeah. So not the best ending, but then like you said, you had that field goal, which he missed. Cowboys were able to go over the field, but they couldn't do anything with it because Sorensen. Which is one of the weirdest incidents I've seen all year. 
But then, yeah, end of the game, Townsend fires a long field goal, obviously misses, doesn't go dead. Panthers pick the ball up, try to work it from their own end, and Tyrone <laughs> Tyrone Peachy does Tyrone Peachy things. And next? then we get... Pardon? Go so, Okay. So, obviously, um, Townsend goes to that long field goal attempt. It doesn't come off, but it also doesn't go dead, which is actually a really great result for the Cowboys. Uh, but then, working out their own end of Panthers, Tyrone Peachy does Tyrone Peachy things. <laughs> Knock the ball on. Cowboys pick it up. Work through their set. Looks like they're going to shape a field goal. The ball goes to Dearden. And then it goes back to Drinkwater. And Drinkwater doesn't know what to do with it. So he runs. And he runs. And he scores a try. He does score the try. They got the Cowboys to 27-23 victory. Now, a couple of controversial incidents we touched on in this game. Why I, for one, am shocked that the referees blew a penalty in Golden Point. <laughs> Don't see that very often, do you? Yeah, we do not see that often at all, but it happens. I, I'm a, yep. But then also... You there, AJ? Yeah. What was the other controversial moment? Uh, the off the charge down with drink water off Sorensen knock on. Yeah. But again, uh, again, that, we've seen that called both ways for so long. Yeah, we've seen it happen a long time now. And looking at individual players, we touched on Edwards before. I thought Jake Granville for the Cowboys, really good in the middle. Apart from the 11 missed tackles, he made 53. A lot to go through in that game. So let's take a look at some individual figures. Jake Granville, 53 made tackles, 11 misses. I can take the 53 made with Jake. He's not the best defensive hooker in the world, is he? No, he isn't. Go on. Up some um, Jake Turpin numbers since you love him so much. We touched on Tamalolo, Neem, Finafuiaki as well. I thought Luciano Lemua good on an edge. Uh, Jordan McLean good in the middle. Valame, um, Felty was good as always. I'm uh, really impressed with Zach Labert filling in at centre. I thought he was really good as well. But on the Panthers, Jack Cogger and Jamin Salmon really stood up for them. Um, Taruva, big out of yardage, even though he did go off of a HAA. I felt like they missed a lot having Spencer Lenu start. And when you look at Lindsay Smith's numbers, do you think that's a tactical mistake from Ivan Cleary not starting Lindsay Smith and having Spencer packed? Yeah, especially given the Cowboys were able to put Tamalolo off the bench. I think 100% Lenny would have been better coming off the bench in that situation. And obviously, with the benefit of hindsight, I think Cleary would agree. I I just think tactically, like... yeah. We all know Cleary is the best in these style of situations. And I think having Spencer start has proven to hurt the Panthers moving forward. And, then, and I know what your next question is going to be. It's going to be, to me, about how does he fit in at the Roosters, isn't it? No, I was going to say, just take note of that for the Roosters. Yeah. I'm going to ask that a bit, but yeah. 
I think he'll work better because you're going to have JWH and Lindsay start. And then you can slowly move Spencer into a starting caliber role like we have with all the other forwards that have gone before them. So I'm not too concerned. But speaking of the tri-colours, that's where we go next. Oh, what a nice segue. It is. I wonder who played that. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Roosters 18, Newcastle 16. Now. Before we go anywhere, Luke Keary has got a suspected fractured jaw. And as a Luke Keary fan guy, I'm Devo for him. He has copped a lot of flack he hasn't deserved over the last few seasons. And another chance to prove it himself is gone. And I am so heartbroken for him. It's really, really unfortunate. Like, I don't even think, unfortunately, begins to describe how how awful it is. You know, this is a guy who's had to fight back from setback after setback, and it feels like every time every time he gets set back and he overcomes it, no one appears in front of him. Um, yeah. But yeah, so what he's looking at four to eight weeks, depending on severity, I think. Which you know, obviously, from a Luke Fury standpoint, it's awful, but. From a Royal Roosters standpoint, that's the last thing they need right now. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen the um, my predicted team list for this week. It's raw. You know, if Gordon Ramsay was here, he'd be, he'd be yelling at you. That's how raw it is. <laughs> what makes you say that? Well, probably the fact your half dominates is Sandy Smith and Joey Manu. No, I put Drew uh, Hutchison in the halves with Sandon. I tried to save you, AJ. I wouldn't have admitted that in public. <laughs> I gave you a rope. To be fair, to be fair, time out. I have seen somebody suggest James Tedesco at 5'8", Manu at fullback. <laughs> Be better than playing Hutch at 5'8". I'll say that. He just, oh, the only reason I ever pick Hutch in these spine positions is because he gives us some sort of kicking game. You don't get that with Marty. You don't get that from Tedesco, I think. How about you just do the um, old-fashioned Broncos and play Turpin at half-fast? That thought did cross my mind, but we need a hook-up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the game. I'm going to talk about it from a bleeding bias Roosters perspective and then give the Knights some kudos. Yeah. We did start the game very poor. We did concede a... We have a habit this year of conceding some really unlucky tries. And that first one is a perfect example of it. The kick ricochets. Ponga picks up and runs through a yawning gap. Dom Young's able to be on the end of it and score. But didn't, I thought, you, didn't you literally concede one of those last week in the first try for the Bulldogs as well? Two weeks ago. That's why I said we have a habit. Yeah. <laughs> But one thing we started to see, Standard Smith going to the line was really good. That run he made, broke through, linked up with Nat Butcher, and we got to six all. We were looking really good. And we were able to go um, 16-6 in front. We put ourselves under a lot of pressure just through, excuse me, dumb mistakes. We made a lot of them over the course of the game. Our completion rate was at the Brewster standard of 72%, Reese. Well, that's above average. 
for this year, you're probably right. <laughs> um, but we did really well to hang in the game. Satili went off at halftime. He failed to return, followed with a quad knee injury. And we were just, our defence was so good. I was really proud of our defensive resilience. Now, Newcastle, I want to say respectfully butchered the game. Mm. They butchered it. They should have buried us. It's funny because that's back-to-back games for Newcastle where they've had pretty much every chance to beat an opponent that everyone would consider is better than them, and they just haven't been able to execute when they need to. Yeah, Um, that's two weeks in a row, as you mentioned. Um, I want to give some individual kudos. No surprises. If if you're a fan of this podcast, you know where I'm heading first. (laughs) Nafu White. Yeah. Nafu White, ladies and gentlemen. I have warned you about this for weeks. 15 runs, 176 metres, 74 post-contact metres, uh, 14 hit-ups, one tackle break, 28 tackles, only two miss and two ineffective. If he is dropped this week, Robbo needs to be charged with war crimes. Like, that is exactly what you want from a bench prop. Like, he started at lock. Even... Yeah, but... Bench prop numbers, like, you know, those are perfect. I was I, so proud of him. I know you have emotional investment in him. And yeah, he was phenomenal. Like, there's no two ways around it. And you've just got to hope that Frank Robinson noticed that as well. Yeah. Um, Matt Butcher really stood up at prop too. Um, JWH is always good. Uh, we need to have a talk about Billy Smith quickly. Um, a lot has been said about him. Uh, only 11 runs. I thought defensively was found out a couple of times. So with the way we reinvigorate our side a little bit, I don't know if he makes the cut. I agree. I think especially, you know, if Joey Manu does go back to centre, he has to be probably the name that gets left off the team sheet with the way Taggart is playing. So, you know, obviously it's been great to see him come back into first grade, but I don't think he's done enough to retain his spot in the side. I tend to agree. I, I really tend to agree. I can't lie there. Um, on to, oh, sorry, and Joey Manu ran for over 320 metres. Do I need typical, to say t- Typical more? Joey Manu at fullback game, that. Yeah. And it also, before I go anywhere, allowed some people on Twitter, not naming names, calling for him to replace James Tedesco. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's always a fan favourite though, isn't it? It is, but on to Newcastle. KP was great. He was awesome. Bradman Best had his best game in first grade in quite some time. Um... Jacob Saifidi really matched it, but I thought their forward pack as a whole, we spoke about Nafu White's impact before. There just wasn't the same there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also something Brisbane were able to pick up last week. That's why it's so important for them 
to have both D staff and J staff rotating. That way, they always have one of them on the field at the same at any time. Because yeah. without a Saifidi on the field, their forward pack looks extremely weak. Yeah, I've been disappointed in Jack Everington. He has been so underwhelming, mate. Yeah. So but, bad. Yeah. He had such high rap coming to Newcastle. Uh, and he just hasn't been able to live up to it. It's been very, very poor, to say the very least. Uh, elsewhere, um, Tawala was good. Uh, Adam Elliott was good, I thought, before he came off with a HA. He did come back, though. Um, and the problem is for Newcastle, as we'll touch on in the lower-grade report, it's very thin pickings on what's coming hmm. through. This Spain-Newcastle production line has just been sputtering in the last five years, hasn't it? And I get injuries haven't helped. Like, their injury record's not great. Saifidi being out... I thought as soon as Daniel Saifidi got ruled out, I thought the Roosters were a massive chance. And yeah. let's take a look at the Knights. d Saf's back in round 17 with a sternum. Braley's not due back until next year. Fitzgibbon had a HIA during the game. Mapapa Lungi is out for the remainder of the season, I believe. And Heimel Hunt's out till round 21. So, I mean, you add in the fact, you know, Ponga has is going to have to choose whether or not he backs up next week. I don't know, my he's not my three talks to him. Uh, Brazil is going to have to decide whether he backs up next week. So, you know, these guys, and Brazil's the guy who's dealt with injuries this season as well. So, you'd think they're there on the side of fortune to leave him out. Yeah. And these tired legs, they're going to conspire to cost Newcastle the final spot. I'm telling you that now. Yeah. Looking through, and I'm not going to try and spoil the lower grade report coming up, but the only guy I could really bring in Zoran Keeley, even Jack Johns. Yeah. I reckon Johns is a good chap. He's a guy with first grade experience, steady hands in the back, in the forward pack. So I'd, I'd look into that if I were Newcastle. You just need something. You just need something. Lower grade report coming up at the end of the show. Parramatta 34, Manly 4. On a day where Parramatta were paying tribute to their triple crown of premierships in the early 80s, you just knew that even with a harms combination of Ryan Madison and Dejan Arcy, that they were going to lift for this game, didn't you? Yeah, and, you know, Manly being the official flat track bullies going up against a bit of mountainous terrain without Tom Tavoyevich without Daily Cherry Evans, it was always going to be a tough game for Manly. And um, it, it didn't really look good for them, did it? Yeah, the only thing Manly won was the uh, ball-catching competition pre-game. You had the folks <laughs> at Hello Sport beat out bloke in a bar because Maddie the water boy couldn't catch a ball. Viewing. Only thing they won all day, let me tell you, but... I think that's the price you pay when you have a man that simply cannot catch a football play on the wing. Yeah. Like Jason Saab has feet for hands. That height is wasted. Like, seriously. How can, you, like... Be able... How can you be able to touch the sky but not catch a football? 
You want to know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Michael Owen. If he couldn't kick a goal, he'd be That's worthless. That's a good shout. Like, and it's the same with Jason Sale. If he didn't score tries and was speedy, he'd be fucked. He'd be straight out of the squad. Yeah, and that's a very let's good go through, Let's go through the game. Um, I was really impressed with Parramatta's middles. Like, off the hickey Ogden, stepping into the starting spot. He left no stone unturned. Andrew Davey had his best game in first grade. But even their bench contributions, man. Like, off the Hengali, Makatoa, Moretti, Matt Dory. Probably not in that group. He only had three runs. But Moretti, off the Hengali, Makatoa, all lifted in that starting side. Yeah, hasn't been ready to do since he came into first grade in a couple of games he's had. He's been good. But yeah, I think it's funny because at the start of the year, Paris Ford pack is what we were always criticizing. We were, but they warmed in the year. Yeah, I think it's been great to see Okahiri Ogden really grow into his body with how he plays footy, really yes. embrace that role of being the impact player rather than you know, trying to just ease out his carries. Um, and then obviously, like I touched on, Moretti's been awesome coming into the side. And obviously, bringing in off Ngawi, even though we haven't seen much of him yet, he looks the perfect fit in that heel side, doesn't he? He does. And I think he's really stood up for um, Wimru Greg, who's come out of the side. Hmm. Definitely. And... Um, Jermaine Hopgood, he's next. He's just getting better and better and better. I wonder, I wonder, and you might think I'm crazy for this, AJ, but with Yo and Carrigan both missing games through Origin, could Hopgood be a smoky for the Dalian Block of the Year award? I was thinking about this. I love the shout. I really love the shout. I mean, you think, like, you know, in a lot of the games Kara have done well, he's been easily their best or second best player. So that should correlate well with him getting consistent votes. But remember, it is the Daly M judges we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, they have a hard on for Isaiah Yo. Yeah, and they also probably would give six votes to Mike Acevo in a heartbeat. Trust me, when Mike Acevo had not did the Parramatta stats, six handling errors? I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll find a way. Um, Dejan Arce lifted. Um, and also, while we're on Hopgood, it was good to see him reunite with his love boy, rugby league guru. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. That... That... Nafu, mate. That, that... I'm waiting. That... <laughs> <laughs> it was good to see. I can't lie. Even though we're rivals, it's good to see. <laughs> but um, what would you make of Dejan Arcee? He's looked really good. Hasn't he? Yep. He's really... Obviously, he's got Dylan Brown. And it's tough to compare him to Dylan Brown. But he fits that para 5-8 role. And they really... You know, these last few games haven't missed a step. Uh, even with Brown out. So. Yeah. Um, while we're on Makatoa, 
Uh, we'll touch on try scoring droughts in the next game, but he was in the top five current players that hadn't scored a try yet. He's now off that list, thanks to Mike Sebo's chip kick. It's been a very productive week for the big boys, hasn't it? Big boy season <laughs> is well and truly in swing. But on to Manly. We need to talk now. First of all, you employ Jason Saab. Major, major breach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure for that. 66% completion rate, 38% possession, losing the penalty count, losing the breach count 11-8 is not a good look. Um, having to tackle, how many extra tackles did they have to make? They had to make 117 extra tackles. Bloody hell. Through their own mistakes. Josh Schuster, it's time for this week's Schuster Watch. Ta-dum. Seven rounds to 38 metres, one post-contact metre, two tackle breaks, a play the ball speed of, mate, you'll be shocked when you see this, 3.72 seconds. No way, it's improving. One offload, five dummy passes, 38 touches, 22 tackles, two missed free and effective. That's this week's Just to Watch. He did force a dropout yeah. too. So he's... Oh, oh, wow. Multifaceted. To be fair, Jake Harper didn't force a dropout, so he's improving. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to see... We're touching on the production line with Parramatta's forward pack a moment ago. No one's there with Taniela Paseka. I feel sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, he is just. He is a shining light among a bunch. Yeah, it's like it's not good. Hamoli, very underwhelming on an edge. Sean Kepi's been good. I'll give Kepi that. He's having to step in the shoes of Jake Draboyevich. He's doing the best he can. Um, Oshay Ole is very underwhelming. Bullimore, I think he works better as an impact middle rather than playing on an edge. And then I don't know why in God's name you promote Aaron Woods over Ben Condon. Why wouldn't you? Why, Seabold? Why, Anthony? Like, what the fuck? And... The easy question, the easy answer for Manly. Are they on the buy next week? Let me just have a quick look. See, I'm pretty sure they're not because I think it's Sharks, Bulldogs, Tigers on the buy next week. And I'm okay. Correct. They've got to play M- Melbourne next week at AB Park. Ooh. What day? Saturday night. Last game of the wet day. Uh, Tom's leg will still be dead. Yeah, Tom will be. That just depends if Tom does anything on Wednesday night. <laughs> True. But anyway, a lot to think about the Manly for Parramatta. Very happy campers. Now, we need to do something before we go any further. The rest of the episode is dedicated to one man. <laughs> After, let me make sure I am completely and utterly accurate with this. After. 100, 
and 16 games, Alex Twal scored a try. Beautiful. It happened, mate. I, I never thought it would happen. I never thought it would happen. It, it is incredible. Like, like we were sitting wow. there and the feeling in the office was so much like when we did the Fletcher Baker try. He, what was he even doing chasing the kick that hard? To be able to get it from the day we climbed the hand of God, reaching above the pack. I think when Clever realised Twile was next to him, he was like, oh, shit, I better get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at, least, at, at least he has awareness. Yeah, and we bag Andrew Voss a lot. He did an excellent job on that commentary. He is able to pick out his moments, isn't he? Yeah, we Even, might hate the bloke. Yeah. Even even with him losing his focus of the game a little bit, mate, he was that was a phenomenal call. He did good, but his start of the show status was overrun very quickly by Will Warbrick. But before we go through Warbrick's try, multiples, let's go through Alex Twal's try for everyone at home. So. <laughs> It was a majestic cross-field kick that was spilled in the Melbourne in goal. It was scrambling for inches on end, scattering across the in goal, before one, Alexander Twal, was able to pick up the ball, dive on it, and get swarmed by 17 grown men in testosterone. Can I be honest for a second? What? I think it was one of the worst cross-field kicks this year. They got so lucky that they were able to get a crowd around because it was like five, six metres into the goal line. Like, seriously. As long as it's made a contest, mate, any kicks in this game is a good one. (laughs) True. As long as you make it a contest, it's good. Fair point, fair point. So, Will Warbrick's next. He got four tries and... He is looking like he's found a home on that right edge, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He is... Well, I mean, this is what the Storm expected when they poached him from Union. Uh-huh. So, he has been brilliant the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I expect him to continue like this. Yeah, I tend to agree. Friendo Mundo. Uh, it was good to see Kane Bradley pick up a try. He sort of floated around the league for a while, but he's worked really hard this preseason. Got a reward, came under Craig Bellamy, and he picked up a try chasing through on a grubber kick thanks to George Jennings' phantom grounding. We don't talk about that. To be fair, he did play well. He did play well, George Jennings. Yeah, I'm giving him his flowers. He was awesome. Um, Tui and Nelson were good, but even though Melbourne are winning games, is their missed tackle count concerning for you? They missed 13, 36 tackles against the Tigers. Is that a bit of a concern for you? 
look, on one hand, the Tigers are a very aggressive footy team. They do throw the ball around and take advantage of the shootiness in the coach's box. Mm-hmm. So you will miss a lot of tackles against them. But on the other hand, it's not like a storm to miss that many tackles. Yeah, I just think it's it's way too much. Like, Loyero missed eight. Yeah. Their halves missed a combined nine missed tackles. And um, even though Remus Smith did good defensively, he had two misses, but six ineffective tackles. He just needs to wrap the ball up a little bit better. Um, but over to the Tigers. Haven't the almighty fallen? Were they ever almighty? Compared to where they were, mate, it was a massive improvement. True, true. But it shows you now how far away they are. This station is Yeah, it looks like it looks like they're going to need to have another season of wooden food. I don't think Spoon. I think so. With the way the Dragons have improved these last couple of weeks. Like I know they now have the whole um saga, we'll call it, over their head. But I still think the Dragons are a team capable of winning games. Obviously, the Bulldogs, when they get a bit more health, when they get Matty Burden back and all that, they'll be able to win a couple of games. But the Tigers are just sort of in that in-between zone where a lot needs to go right for them to win games, I feel. Yeah, like, let's just take a look. Like, they're creating chances. But when you have an attacking lineup that has just no flair in the red zone, it's quite poor. Yeah. It's all one out, all trying to get the ball to the halves or the fullback and trying to get them to create something. Yeah. Um, not good. Um, but yeah. at the same time, no one was expecting the Tigers to be able to accomplish, you know, even what they've done already this season from where they were at the start of the year. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure they will win a couple more games before the season's over. You know, it's always tough to go say that the team should win against Melbourne, no matter how bad the Storm are playing. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It's a testing year for the Tigers, like it has been for the last decade. Yeah. So it's a big test for Tim Sheens back in this competition. So it'll be very interesting to see how it goes moving forward. I really think that the Tigers have pieces. They've got the buy next week. And looking ahead for the rest of the season... Like, after this, after the bye, they've got a trip to play the Cowboys. The Cowboys will be out for revenge. Yeah, they'll be out for revenge. They're going two towns, so it'll be interesting. Not the same as playing in Leichhardt, that's for sure. 
Hashtag 6618. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anything else you want to touch on this game, my friend, Dave? Uh, no, I think we should be pretty much good to go on to already our last game of the round. Yeah, we do have a lot to get through tonight. So, Sharks 48, Bulldogs 10. Um, the Bulldogs, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting uh, because I saw something. It said the Bulldogs have had 14 of the 17 kids have played at some point this season. And that includes their entire starting forward pack outside of Marnie. Has Pangai played cup this year? Yes, he played cup coming back from the calf injury. Are you sure it was this year? Have a look. Rugby League Project. Yeah, our best friend of the No Pangai Junior. No Pangai Junior. That was last year. Okay, fair enough. I thought he he played a game coming back from the calf injury. That, That was last year. It's all good, mate. Okay. But, yeah, very but still, disappointing. Yeah, because, you know, I know that they're missing a lot of experience, but you expect them to do a little bit better than that, don't you? Yeah. But at the same time, though, with Canterbury, like, they didn't have a lot of possession in the first half, and I thought once the Sharks got on top, they were so keen for redemption after what we saw last week, once the Sharks gone on top, they were never letting this one go, hey? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it took Hines a little bit to get into the game. But once he... He just, you know, like Nico Hines usually does, just took control of the game, gave the tempo, and led the Sharks to a very strong victory. It was a very strong victory, mate. Uh, eight tries to knit to two. I was nearly about to say nil, but <laughs> um, not that much of a beat down. What was alarming enough? You touched on the forward packing experience before, didn't you? Mm, yeah. The way that the Sharks pack, one that was murdered and obliterated at home last week. Sorry, in Melbourne last week was just embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing, mate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, man, they just got... They got ripped a new arsehole in the middle of the field, didn't they? There's no other way to put it. They did buy everyone except one W. Graham. That's expected, though. Yeah, that just shows that really just shows how over the hill Graham is at the moment, doesn't it? It does, my friend. It does, friendo mundo. Jack Williams had his best career game. Tommy Hazelton got a standing ovation coming off the field. That was amazing, wasn't it? Mate, he's my favorite ball player. (laughs) (laughs) What about Alan Langer? Currently in the NRL. <laughs> he is. He's Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant personified. Yeah, he was phenomenal 
Ah, cheers. <laughs> I was just, I wanted to listen to what that old mate was telling you. He's <laughs> telling you my, my right home. That's what he's telling me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, mate, and I'll tell you what, even without Royce Hunt, the Sharks forwards really stepped up, which was surprising. Yeah, big time. But on to uh, the eight, and I've also thought the back five stripe. A lot of criticism last week at guys like Mortalo, guys like Ramian, guys like Katoa. So, yeah, it was a really interesting one for them. Yeah. So, what, what do you make of the Sharks? Because I can't get a read on them at all. Yeah. I'm not too convinced yet. I'm the, I'm 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 unsold on the sharks. Like they had their chance to prove to me that they were legit, and they frigging blew it last week. Absolutely blew it. When you look at their record in 2023, I'm just going to look up rugby league project quickly. A quick shout out to the boys as Cacho, Fergo, Labias. Um, let's take a look at this week. So so far, they've beaten. Parramatta, St. George, the Roosters, Canterbury twice, Manly, Newcastle, North Queensland. Okay? Uh-huh. They've lost two. Canberra, Warriors, Finns, okay. Brisbane, and Melbourne. For me... Hashtag Remember, remember Manly in 2021? This is like that on steroids. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it doesn't look good. good for the Sharkies. You know, and, they were, and, they, and the worst part is they were straight sex exit last year too. Yeah. Like, and I was yeah. looking around on socials today. Even guys like Dan, Haley, they knew that today's just a smoke screen for how shit they've been. Yeah, you had uh, Luke Wilson before before the game even started. He was like, it's weird knowing the season's over. I'm basically just going to be watching three months of exhibition games. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. But on to Canterbury, we touched on their forward problems. Um, interestingly, Hayes Param was moved from fullback out to centre, and they had Jake Avarillo playing fullback in the second half. It was a bit of an interesting move. What did you make of it? Last chance for Avarillo to prove that he's better than the Titans? Question mark. Dolphins? Question mark. <laughs> mm. Like I'm, exactly. I'm confused. Then, what are they doing with Oluwapu? They paid 500k to do fuck all with him. That's what they're doing. Like, they played him at 5'8". Then when that didn't work, they moved Rajab into 5'8". And they were playing him in the fucking middle. The middle! <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I don't know. Were you watching Nine or Fox? Uh, not Fox. Gus was in commentary saying how the Bulldogs looked small in the middle. 
dude, you're playing Oluwapu and Marnie. Of course you're going to be small in the middle. <laughs> like, what are you playing at, mate? Canberra has had some very interesting rotations. I know, you know, we preface this by talking about the amount of injuries the Bulldogs have, but it's inexcusable, really, isn't it? Yeah, I will say, though, one shining light, Curtis Moran. Mm. Even though the dogs were absolutely out on their feet, getting slaughtered, he kept trying. Like, he put Talakai on his ass. That's hard. Exactly. It was... Um... He, he looks really good. Him and his hairline. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm just going to time out for a second. I have received information about Luke Keery's jaw. Here you go. I'm told there's no fracture. Oh, that is lucky. I'm told there is no fracture. Ooh. And he'll only miss a week or two. That is the luckiest news for Roosters could get. Wow. I'm sure you're very happy right now. I am a very, very happy camper. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, you know, having Kiri out for those extended weeks would have been the worst news the Roosters could have had. Um, but now... You know, if that is only uh, one, maybe two-week injury, hey, they might be slim, but the final hopes are still definitely there. I'm very, very happy about that revelation tonight. But anyway, moving on to the ladder at the conclusion of round 16. Uh, Broncos on top on 24, Penrith and Melbourne on 22. Souths, Cronulla, Warriors, uh, Canberra on 20. Parramatta in the eight on 18 points, along with the Titans, Finns, and Roosters. I love how the Roosters are dedicated to their for and against going substantially better by winning by two and one point every time. <laughs> small games, boys. Small games. They still have the worst attack in the comp, but small games. <laughs> Manly on 17, North Queensland 16, Newcastle 15, Dragons and Bulldogs on 12, followed by the Tigers in last on 10 points. Uh, looking ahead to Supercoach, cheesing for the W this week had 1012 points. We put a league-wide buy again in place on all of the games, just because it's fair for everyone. Reese, what did you score? 958. So not, not the worst score that could have gotten, but certainly uh, a few points left on the table. Um, but, oh well. Yeah, top scorer this week, Mabra Vanepa Michael with 11.17. So, uh, we'll do lower grade report, then get into the Q&A. Yeah, easy. So, let's go into the lower grade report. Sorry, I just had a... A quick distraction. I've had a busy day, as some <laughs> listeners of the program would know. <laughs> Our lower grade report, uh, Roosters 36, 
Knights 12 starting in the New South Wales Cup. Uh, very good win by the Roosters. I was actually able to watch it. Uh, yeah, the Roosters looked really good. So you were over the moon with that performance, AJ. Yeah, uh, Alan Holton picked up two tries. He was great. Uh, CY Wong looked really, really good. Um, he's looking really good. I'm um, really impressed with what CY Wong's doing. Xavier Vaa was great as well. Uh, starting forward, he picked up 159 metres. We were really under strength. I was a little bit worried about this game, but they did really well. Ethan King, big at fullback. Uh, Newtown, 24. Warriors, 16. Uh, Braden Trindle picked up a double. Uh, Kale Ilo ran for over 250 metres, but he did also miss six tackles. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what do you think, AJ? Like, give me your overall thoughts on Ira. Yeah, I like him, but at the same time, he's defensively vulnerable. Like, even Trindle was defensively vulnerable. He missed six tackles out of the fourteen he made. Yeah, but then again, Trindle makes up for it with his attacking skill. Same his overall playmaking. Ero is a good attacker, but, you know, Trindle can play that. Ero can't, in my opinion. Or not as well as Trindle can. So, that's just how I look at it. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Beryl looks good. He had a line break assist and a try assist. Um, it's not long before he finds an NRL squad. Yeah, surely the Knights have to... Surely. Yeah, Jesse Colhoun was good. Um, can you please shut up, mate? I'm trying to talk through the lower grade report. You kept on talking there. Excuse me. Now we can go again. Um, a son of a a son of a fa- a son of a gun. Uh, I got there eventually. Uh, Mitch Healy's son, Sam, has made his debut in the last couple of weeks. Has he gone? Yeah, he's been going good. He's, play, he's played mainly out of dummy half, relieving for Beryl. Uh, three runs, 34 metres, making a lot of tackles in defence. Uh, for the Warriors, Tane Tuapiki continues to impress at the back. Viliami Vailea quite good. Isaiah Vungana pushing through the middle. Kalani going, looking good. Solomon... I'm going to get this name wrong, so I apologise. Vassal Valangi. I think I actually got that right. Uh, 15 runs, 150 metres. So pretty good stuff. Freddie Lussick was good on the bench as well. Not too bad. Great to see. Great to hear Freddie Lussick's name again. Yeah, he's been going good. I really like what what he does there. Uh, Bulldogs, 30. Panthers, 16. Um... So, good signs for the dogs here. Uh, Blake Wilson continues to play well at fullback. Ethan Quiet Ward is settled in nicely. Uh, Tonga's good. Titsakras is good. Uh, Jackson Torpenny continues to impress there as well, along with Samuel Hughes. Ryan Sutton's in New South Wales Cup too, mate. He can't even crack the top side. Oh, man. 
Story, he gets to pull up too. Like, geez. That really surprised yeah. me. Uh, for the Panthers, they were obviously depleted. A couple of guys went up north. Um, Eddie Blacker was good. Uh, a debut for a friend close to the show, mate. Liam Ison. Hey. Played He's a shark, show. apparently. Yeah. So the Sharks got a good look at him. 14 runs, 138 metres. Looked pretty good. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Not a member of the Dom's Rugby League nursery. How good. Yeah, big time, my friend. Uh, John Fahimu was good in the middle, along with Eddie Blacker. Uh, Jesse McLean was a bit quieter out in the centres this week, so I don't know what the go was there. Uh, interesting one. I don't know what to expect there with Jesse. He's normally been on the really, wing. Yeah, but really not pushing his case with Peachy, you know, having a secret first grade. I'm sure he would have been thankful to Clean to do much to, you know, push up his case. Yeah, big time. Big time. Mm. Big time. Yeah. Uh, Blacktown 46, Parramatta 10. Uh, Unleashed Gordon Cam come Tommy was really good. Um, yeah. Parramatta just suck in this level of competition and it's really hard to judge anything. Again, there's no depth. And especially now with Arcee in the first grade squad, not it's not looking good for them. Yeah, um, moving by well, looking at Blacktown. Uh, sorry, Jackson Ferris picked up a hat trick. Nine runs, 214 metres. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> okay. I can see now why all the Sharks Twitter has excellent raps on him. Yeah, Austin Diaz was good through the middle, uh, as was the Vega bus, Ray Tumialo Vaiga. He is looking like pushing for a first-grade spot. And did he have any kick defusals? He had two kick defusals. So, Jason Saab, watch out. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> Uh, Magpies 40, uh, sorry, Dragons 46, Magpies 4. Uh, Billy Bird's picked up a double. Sione Thienau picked up a double. Uh, Trey Stewart picked up a try. Uh, Tristan Riley scored for the Magpies, but that was really all they could celebrate. And the big upset today, South Sydney 24, North Sydney 16. Jacob Gagai caused all sorts of problems. For the Bears, a double for Jamin Wormaliton. Uh, nothing really else to write home about. Ben Marshke and Talis Duncan both got symbiont. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, looking at the ladder there at the conclusion of that competition, let me just quickly get it up. Thanks to our friends at League Unlimited. We have Canterbury, Newtown, Penrith, Norths, Warriors, Blacktown, Souths, Canberra, St. George, West, Parramatta, the Roosters, then the Knights. Uh, Lords of the Host Plus Cup, Magpies 40, Hunters 10. Uh, Blake Moses, Sean, thanks to the shock of nobody. Lovely. He was good. Hunters had two go in the bin, but uh, Bayless Bro picked up a try, as did Takura. 
love that. Love that. You love to and see also, it. Also, touch on Moza. His first game playing 70 minutes this week. Yeah, so, big time. I wonder if he's wrapping up for something. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Mm. For the Hunters, Roderick Ty ran over 136 metres and looked promising. Uh, Blackhawks 34, Jets 18. Jalen Feeney picked up a double. Uh, the Jets are looking better every week. They're just not finishing off opportunities, and that's what's hurting them. Uh, Devils 23, Dolphins 22. Yes, there was a surprise appearance from Finn Diesel, Felice Corfusi, playing his first post-plus cup game in seven years. He ran 11 times, 92 metres, 34 post-contact metres, 12 tackles, two misses in seventy in 56 minutes of footy. Not bad. Not bad at all. Good Good to see him getting some reps under his belt. Um, obviously, he's going to have a big test next week to keep his place in the starting side with Josh Kerr coming in. Yeah, that's another one that we have to watch out for. For our guy, Mason Teague, 61 minutes, 8 runs, 77 metres, 28 tackles, 2 misses, 1 ineffective, not too bad. Not bad uh, at all. Bryce Donovan kicked a field goal in the 76th minute to seal victory. Um, interesting to note for the Devils, they don't have any more Broncos players because the Broncos are spat the dummy. <laughs> no, I mean, it's exactly the same thing Wayne Bennett would have done if he was coaching them. So... Do you see, did you see the Roosters pull anyone from North? No. <laughs> oh, but that's different. You cut them off. We, no, we gave them notice that we weren't renewing our contract. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. We didn't get that privilege. So, it's a different situation entirely, AJ. I guess it is, mate. I guess it is. Uh Winner Manly, 42. Clydesdale's, 32. Uh, good effort from Winner Manly. Smoothie made 43 tackles. Josh Rogers scored 18 points. Palacia did nothing. Corey Jensen carried the forward pack. <laughs> wow, surprise, surprise. Nice one, Titans. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, 500k a year for that production. Yeah, it's not a good look for the Gold Coast, is it? Not good at all, hey? No, not at all. Uh, Cutters, 28. Winner, Manly, 32. Uh, Good to see Mackay make it close. But Tweed just showed too much class. Uh, 12 ball draw between Northern Pride and Capras. Capras were poor today. Northern Pride really stuck it to him. Uh, and then Wyndham, Sunshine Coast 20, Brisbane Tigers 18. Justin Olin played Cup today. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, interesting one there. Uh, not sure the reason why, but the Falcons hang on for victory. Probably coming back from injury. Yeah. If I had to guess. Yeah, I tend to agree there, my friend. Looking at the ladder, at the conclusion of the round 14 of the Host Plus Cup. Let's take a look at it. South Slogan on top, followed by Burley, Winner Manly, Wedcliffe, Brisbane Tigers, Northern Pride, Capras, sorry, Tweed, Capras, 
Yeah, they've had two draws. Sunshine Coast, Townsville, PNG, Norves, Western, Mackay, then Ipswich. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Lovely jubbly. Um, now, we did a and a this week. We're going to replace our lol cow this week. We decided to do our Q&A. We asked for some questions out there. So let's get to them. We had a lot of questions this week. Uh, Dan says, please tell AJ that he sucks. I mean, do you agree that AJ sucks and why? (laughs) (laughs) No, AJ, you don't suck. Thank you. Uh, Beth (laughs) sent in a lot of questions. So we'll go through the first one. How do you all get along with each other? A Roosters fan and a Broncos fan. (laughs) I'll answer Um, this one. Yeah, go ahead. We knew each other from school. We both have similar dreams. We're going to go along with it for as long as we can. <laughs> yeah, we might we might be in each other's throat about their choice of teams, but I think that's trivial at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like we've got good chemistry with this podcast, so we can just roll with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should we erect an Alex Twile statue outside Campbelltown Stadium? Again, why is that a question? It should just happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, best fullback in the game and thoughts on origin uh, fullback selections and future of origin fullbacks. Now, I'll take this one from New South Wales. Reese can take Queensland. Uh, Best fullback in the game at the moment, probably Dylan Edwards, I'd say. Like, just because the way he's able to help the Panthers out so much and he's able to lift his game a little bit more in attack as well. Um, And then for origin, I think Tedesco's got one or two good years left at most. And then after that, Edwards will probably take the throne. Yeah, how old is Edwards? Is he 26 or something? Something like that, yeah. Hmm. So he's going to have a few years ahead of him when Tedesco does retire. So he'll have a couple of years to get the shot. Um, from a Queensland point of view, I'm, I'm happy to agree that Edwards is the best fullback at the moment in the NRL. Um, although I would like to see Jack Wells become the NRL, that's it. Uh, but either way, that's either here or there at the moment. Uh, from a Queensland point of view, obviously we're pretty much locked into the future with Ponga or Walsh. And I think you just basically have to pick whichever one of them's better heading into game one. Um, and then yeah. if you have to make a change for game two, you have the other one behind them. Sort of like the same thing New South Wales did with Ennis and Farrell for years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've answered the question around premiership thoughts and grand final thoughts. Um, we've had a couple of questions around mid-season, the post-season origin. I think the way it is at the moment works. It, may, it brings the competition a little bit closer. And then mm. we're able to see the best of the best at the end. I think origin at the end of the season doesn't work. We've seen yeah, we've given it a shot. Especially, especially from the point of view as well with International Rugby League. You need to have International Rugby League to be at the end of the season. You can't have that mid-season. Yeah. Now, do we have any more that aren't the same? Is Reese Walsh the greatest player of all time? <laughs> hey, he's getting close. Jack, mate, no. <laughs> Uh, and asks, where do you see Parramatta finishing after they've got their season together? If they're in the, I'm of the opinion that if once you're in the top eight, it's anyone's game. Yeah. The finals race seems very close this year. Not just 
getting the final, but also it looks like week one, week two is going to be an absolute anyone. Can yeah. be anyone. Alex asks, I'm someone who has no knowledge of NRL, but I remember liking the West Tigers at one point when I was a kid. Can you explain to me how exactly they became so shit? I can answer this how much, question. How much time do you have? Go check out our League Legacy episode from December 2021 where we analysed the entire Tiger Circus. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And, and finally, our boy Jack asks, why is AJ better than Reese? <laughs> I'll let you answer it. I'll let you be humble. Um, I can interview Mossy Masoy. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> All jokes, there my go. friend. All jokes. You work in a newsroom, and once you interview a player, you can pull out whatever excerpt off that clip and use it. Fair enough. Okay. Lol Cow of the Week time. <laughs> this week, I'm going with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. <laughs> Just when we escaped you, you've now lost your best player. After hiring a coach who was meant to fix everything, the culture is damn good. Reese, who do you have, my friend? Uh, I'm going to go with Formula One. I'm going to go with Lando Norris for blaming Oscar Piastri for a poor qualifying finish when he still set the seventh fastest lap. But I thought McLaren switching from Ricardo to um, Piastri was going to fix all those issues. But um, apparently not. Uh, also, shout out Mika Hakkinen. For saying that McLaren will be able to compete with Red Bull by the end of this season. McLaren are currently, <laughs> McLaren are currently sixth in the Constructors' Championship. Red Bull have won every single race this year. Hmm. Exactly, my friend. But that is all we have time for this week. Race, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, AJ. And we'll see you next week for our look at... Actually, no. We'll see you. Before we go, Thursday. Origin 2 is on Wednesday. Oh, yes. Who are you picking mm. and why? <laughs> oh, well, I think you got to go with the Maroons. <laughs> uh, obviously, they're very short price favourites. It's at Suncorp. It is going to be New South Wales not having Luttrell, um, not having Cleary, although some would say that's an advantage. Cough. Um, you know, I, I, I still back Queensland. I think it's going to be as close as game one was. But I think Queensland just think. Yeah, I like the Blues because I think the Reese Robson pick is something we've lacked for a while. Just a real nuggety style hooker that can match it necessarily with Cotter and match it physically. And then you get Damian Cook that can have the speed game. So I like that point from Freddie. Um, something rare about Brad Fittler's coaching that I like. Um, <laughs> I like Stefano off the bench, provides a bit of a pod move. Um, I like to see Martin play over Hudson Young. I'm not a big fan of Hudson. I wasn't on him after game one, and I was surprised he kept his spot, but I think it's going to be a narrow game. My heart says New South Wales, but it's hard to pass up Queensland, but there is some handicaps in that Queensland side that New South Wales need to target. I'm calling Nanai a handicap. <laughs> no, I'm calling Nanai and the, the winger a handicap. Understandable. Have a blessed evening. <laughs> <laughs> so now that will conclude our look at this week of Rugby League. 
We'll catch you for our review of Origin 2. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys.